We live in a fantasy world now. Reality has been destroyed. This is the time that we really need to pay attention. The probabilities are overwhelmingly on gold's side. That is the best environment to see gold increase its value. Welcome to Palisades Gold Radio. I'm your host, Tom Bodrovics. Joining me today is Michael Moore, founder of MooreAnalytics.com. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's uh, great to have you back. And of course, you know, you kind of came into my my field of view from Vince. He uses a lot of a lot of your analysis. And when Vince relies on somebody that that heavily, you kind of have to to stand up and take note. Yes, uh been working with Vincent for a while. It's a great guy. I've known him from, from down on the trading floor days when he was down on the Comex. So the the last time you and I spoke, we went over a lot of charts. And of course, you're a very technical-based analyst. So where where would you like to start today? I know you we you talk a lot about energy, the the metals, Bitcoin. Where where do you want to start today? So why don't we start in the energies? Uh, that was where I started on the floor of the New York Mercantile Exchange. So I got pretty deep in the energies. And um, then we can move to gold, the S&P 500, and Bitcoin. It's a really exciting time for all these markets. There's just awesome volatility and direction. So you want to start off with the natural gas? Yeah, that would be perfect. Okay. You see this okay? Yep, that's good. So this is a natural gas... Uh, weekly chart. So each of these bars stands for a week's range. And we had broken below a massive formation in here, which I talked about. I've been updating but the failure back below. We've been short uh, bearish since uh, $8.44. Um, we've seen $6.005 of pressure. And um, we also had a big projection. There's other let me, let me blow this up for you so you can see it a little bit better. I would note that the trade below 499.30 projects this downward 227 minimum, 477 plus maximum, which I said could be seen within, within three months' time. And we've traded 255.80 lower. So you can see that drop right down here. So we've gotten the minimum so far, mm -hmm. uh, but the maximum could really bring this a lot lower, really dump down into the $1.50 area which would probably kill a lot of volatility, unfortunately. But uh, currently bearish, just broke below this old pattern right here, which uh, warns of further pressure. And on the lower time frame charts, yeah, it's just been coming off and coming off and coming off. Uh, we've broken below multiple different formations in here, pulled back, here, pulled back, here, pulled back. So. Really been under a lot of pressure, and I don't see that changing anytime soon unless we drift sideways and build some kind of base or have some bullish, leave some bullish reversal below. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, for, for natural gas here, is there anything in particular, let's say fundamentally, that even comes into your analysis, or is it just purely technical? Like, is, is there a fundamental reason that? natural gas is, is coming off like this, as you said. I am uh, purely technical. Reason being is that the fundamentals are the underpinnings, obviously, of what moves the market, in addition to news-based events. 
But by the time the fundamentals paint the picture of you of what the market's doing, you're already behind behind the ball. <laughs> what the technicals do, um, the technicals are just based on the premise that the current market price is a reflection of the sum total of the knowledge of all the people trading the market at that time. So what I've found over 30 years of doing this is the technicals will get you in on the move earlier than the fundamentals will paint that picture. And they will get you out of that move earlier than the fundamentals paint that picture. Mm -hmm. uh, perfect example would be uh, spring of 2020. Uh, crude oil was trading $43. We'd already come off $20, so it, it lost uh, $25. So it already lost a third of its market cap. And I made a prediction on a Friday that if we broke below there, it was going to come off $26 minimum, $34 plus maximum. And a lot of people are like, it's never going to come off that much. We've already lost a third of the market cap, you know, and it was a Friday. Mm -hmm. So nobody wants to go home short uh, the end of the year <laughs> on a Friday. But it, short, it, it broke below there in the morning, came off $4.30. And I remain with the short bias. And it gapped open lower over the weekend, $10 lower, which was the largest gap lower in history. And it was only then on Sunday night, right, that they said, well, you know, the, the news-based event is that Ru Russia and OPEC couldn't agree on their cuts, so they flooded the market. But that those predictions that I had, were I already had that Friday morning before the open of the market. So <laughs> that's just an example of how the technicals will get you in on something that may not even make sense. And then boom, you see it. Then you see the fundamentals or the or the news based event afterwards. So, so what's what's coming into your analysis right now, showing that that natural gas is going to continue to to grind lower here? Well, I mean, it's obviously clearly in a trend lower, right? Mm -hmm. And we've also this uh, this green retracement right here. Once we took this out, this was the. Um, 33380 area when we broke below there and this general area i said that there's a high likelihood that this is going to come down into here into the one 150 150s mm -hmm. uh, that's just a technical reason once it takes that out it's usually going to go down to the lows so and then we'll have to see there's nothing really turning around there's usually four different things that change the direction of a market and they don't change it all at once usually It'll change it in, in bits, right? So either A, you're going to leave a short-term bullish reversal below. B, you're going to hold an exhaustion level below. C, you're going to break back above a bearish formation. Or D, you're going to break above a downward sloping bullish formation. I mean, you can talk about moving averages and everything else like that, but those are the main things usually that I see to start to turn the market. It might be a small bullish formation, and then there's a bigger one, and then there's a bigger one. A good example would be, uh, for instance, in, in the crude here, um, you know, I said on July 29th, 2020, we left the bullish reversal below. We've seen $115 a barrel to the upside. So this sentence has literally been updated every single day since July 29th of 2020. And at the time, it was just a small bullish reversal. I mean, at the time, I wasn't saying, hey, I'm looking for $115. It was just a small bullish reversal that started the bullishness. And then right after that, on 515, I said we left the medium-term bullish reversal below. We've seen $107 from that. So that's an example of a small bullish reversal followed by a larger bullish reversal and then a lot of other things that cascade into the market to the upside. Uh, and then 
you know, those all get put on hold. So like, like a, a larger actual projection, I said the break above 57.45 to 58.02 would project this upward $56 minimum, $89 plus maximum a barrel. So we only got 72.48 before that all got put on hold. But then that all got put on hold is then you had bearish, bearish projections within that. So it's only, it's sort of like, you know, when I do the analysis, there's a lot of writing, okay? But if everything's on hold above it, that just means that these are all place setters for macro bullish projections that are on hold, just as like a hedge fund would hedge, right? <laughs> They've got a massive position long, but they're not going to hold this thing against themselves for $30 to hope it goes back up 40 Right. You know, they're going to hedge, they're going to get short, they're going to ride it down, they're going to ride it down, they're going to try to get long on a better position down here and ride it back up. So that's kind of the way this is built. This has got, you know, a macro a macro basis and then a shorter term basis. And sometimes I'll even have three, you know, a macro, medium and shorter term basis. Mm -hmm. So are you taking different things into consideration for these these different timelines or or you know what are what is the importance of looking at these these different you know periods of time that you mention in your writing well i think regardless of what your time frame of trading is right let's say you're trading on 60 minute charts or you're trading intraday or maybe just multiple days a couple days you should always start out on a higher time frame and just say hey what is the macro market telling me here because if we're right here in this macro market, we've just broken below this massive formation. I really want to know that because it says to me that this market is getting hammered to the downside until it breaks back above that line. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I'll drop down into a daily time frame and see, you know, what formations there are in daily time frame if there's any reversal. So, for example, you know, this is an this is a this is a short-term bearish reversal right below, right there, right? And that was after we broke above this massive bearish thing. So mm -hmm. now I have a massive bearish formation saying I'm going lower. We came off, we came back up on a daily level. Now we left a minor bearish reversal on a daily level. You know, that's a great sign because you got two different things going in the same direction. Macro bearish, and now we got a short-term bearish signal after a pullback. That's like, sell it. Let's just see where this thing's going to go. And then you can drop down into an even lower time frame. And that's where you get the nitty gritty technicals um, where you can be a little bit more nimble in getting into your position without taking huge risks. And, uh, you know, I think the big, the biggest failure that I would see that a lot of people that have a, an investment mentality, um, I get this particularly in gold, you know, I'll get somebody calls me and says, yeah, I've had this position on, I've been, riding it down here and I put some more on down here and I put some more on down here. And they, they carry these positions against themselves with huge equity swings. When, you know, if you have a good analyst or good technician, you could get, you could get long 10 different times on the way down mm -hmm. and pay for the trade and have basically very little risk all the way down. But when the thing actually does take off, you're on it as opposed to just holding things against yourself, buying more, averaging against yourself, um, that's like financial suicide. That's called averaging against yourself. And uh, the worst thing that can happen is that it's successful. You're successful at it because then you start to rely on it. 
And it may work for you ten, nine times, but the 10th time it doesn't work for you. That's when you're taken out of the uh, financial house in a body bag. <laughs> and I've seen that on the trading floor. I've seen guys literally yanked off the trading floor, down four or five million. You know, you're done. So, mm -hmm. so you know, you're looking at, at these shorter timeframes and almost not necessarily day trading, but, you know, being on top of these positions all the time putting different shorts on. Is that right? Like you're, you're making a couple of calls per day within your analysis, right? Exactly. Um, so you look at, let's, let's say you go into natural gas. Um, I might have some macro calls in here, but then I also have some shorter term intraday calls as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the same with crude oil. Uh, let's see. All right. So example in crude oil. Uh, let's see. I had a signal right here. Buy against 74, 86 to 56. See that that upward arrow with that question mark? Mm -hmm. So that was 74, 86 to 56. So let's just take a look. And in the crude oil. Here's the level. 74. 86 to 56, and you always buy a little bit in front of it. I give percentages to my clients to buy in front of it. And so you would have bought just a little bit above 74.97, and you can see that it rallied from there, uh, 1,950 a contract. And your risk would have been about 580. So, you know, maybe like a four to one risk reward. Mm -hmm. But that's where you're trying to be nimble, um, especially if you're a large fund, right? You, you want to, if you're going to get into a macro position holding a big move, uh, you want to try to be nimble in how you get in it. Um, and that's really when you can put on a lot of size with very low risk. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you analyze a lot of the, the different energies here, you know, natural gas, crude, RBOB. Do they tend to follow each other somewhat? Are, are, are they are they all very related, considering they're all energies? So the natural gas is uh, not correlated to the crude. They used to be when it first came out as a contract. Uh, they were highly correlated, mm -hmm. and I still remember the day I made a call on the trading floor. This is when the, on the NYMEX I said, if natural breaks below here, it's going to come off fourteen handles, and if crude breaks above here, it's going to go up four or five. And people are like, oh, it's never going to go that way. It can't happen. They're always correlated. And that day, it broke. And it never it never came back again. Um, but, you know, a lot of people out there, they're trying to learn how to trade. They're always looking for a leading indicator, right? Mm -hmm. What indicator will show me what the product that I'm trading is going to do in the future, right? What's my crystal ball, right? And uh, But very plainly, the heating oil and the RBOB, RBOB is another terminology for unleaded gasoline. The heating oil and the unleaded gasoline lead the price of crude oil 85 to 90% of the time. That's a big leading indicator, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, for example, if you asked a normal person on the on walking down the street, hey, you know anybody who's bought any unleaded gasoline lately or any heating oil lately? Of course, they'd say, yeah, you know, I got some unleaded gasoline from my car last week. I bought some heating oil from my house last month. If you ask anybody if they bought a barrel of crude oil lately, they look at you with a funny stare, you know? <laughs> um, 
But it makes sense, right? Because these are the products when, when crude oil is brought into a refinery, it goes through a process, a machine called a cracker. And the cracker breaks out of it either heating oil or unleaded gasoline amongst other different distillates. But the heating oil and the gasoline are the main demands out of that crude. So whatever the demands are for the heat or the unleaded gas, that's what's going to go to that cracker pulling out of the crude oil the most. And that's why they lead the demand for the crude 85 to 90% of the time. And that's pretty, it's pretty easy to tell that you can look at a spread. For example, this is a what's called a crack spread. Okay. And this is a spread between the heating oil itself and the underlying crude. So I got bearish on the open right here at 59 even. And I said, we're going to leave a short-term bearish reversal above. And you can see here, if you were short the heating oil instead of the crude, in just a matter of seven days, you'd be up $13,280 per contract more. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention over here, I got bullish in here, just on the upside here, that was $14,000 a contract. So you're talking in a matter of four weeks. That's a matter of uh, $27,000 a contract. That's a that's like a $27 crude oil move. Right. So these are, these are huge leading indicators for what is going to happen in the crude. But also, instead of being long or short the crude, you should really think about getting long or short the heat or the Arba because they will pay you far more money for your risk being relatively the same, being long or short either one of those. And being long one of them and short the other as as a crack or a spread is also a great way to edge yourself in a certain direction. Then you're not completely naked in position at any given time. Right. So, you know, I was noticing going through one of your reports that there was a, a seasonality chart associated with that. Is there a big seasonal component to using more, let's say, natural gas in the winter or with price? Or, you know, do you do you take that largely into account or, or not? Yes. I mean, there's definitely seasonality, right? I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to be using heating oil in the winter more and gasoline in the summer. Um, and you can see um, if I pull a, a, a gas crack up. And I pull it, pull it up seasonally. You'll see at different times of the year, you know, it has big runs up. You know, it's. Um, I mean, I want to pull exactly the, the different times, but you can see obviously, in the, you know, you have you have run run runs up at certain times of the year that are pretty pretty significant. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what what's helpful for that sometimes is I use. Uh, the seasonal trends page, and this is put out by Moore Research Center. They are they are not me. My last name is spelled M O O R, but I use theirs with permission for them in my analysis because they do some really quality work on periods of time where uh, there are re- repeatedly patterns. And but the one hangup is like like here it says by May crude oil right. Mm-hmm. You will buy it on January 19th and you sell it out on March 7th. Historically, over the past 15 years, 
80% of the time you would have made money. And your average profit for a lot was $5,381 per lot. Problem is, is they don't really tell you how much it's going to dip between 119 and 3.7. So for instance, that's one of the things I add into it with my analysis is I said flat, you know, being long on a gap higher. And I've been flat in here in the crude oil uh, since we broke back down up in here. So, uh, you know, my analysis interjects an added component there that makes those seasonalities far more profitable. It just helps you get into it from, for the periods that you need to, out of it when the danger zone's in, and then back into it. So how does all this stack up for your analysis of gold right now? You know, we saw this run up to about 1950 and a major pullback today. Of course, we're speaking on February 2nd, the afternoon of February 2nd. So, you know, how do you how do you analyze that move up and does that does that create more pressure to you to let's say the downside after a a fairly volatile move like that? Yes, I'm bearish right now. Overall, here on a weekly chart, you know, we, we've had these big structures in here. I do think that in general, we're going to go back up and take out these highs probably. And there's a massive bullish formation built into there. But once we take them out, we're going to have to deal with exhaustion levels above. And if and when we hold one of those, we'll probably see an even larger bearish correction. But this is a way of what, like what we were just talking about, going down in time frames. Like, let's start off on the higher time frame understand where we are. We kind of, it's sort of like a GPS, you know, where exactly are you? <laughs> First of all, what country are you in, right? What state are you in and uh, what county are you in? So in general, overall, we're in a bull trend. We're in a bull structure here, which is probably the last structure upward um, of, of this stretch of five. And then in the uh, gold, I got bullish right down in here, right? So you can see right here, this was the first day Remember how we were just talking about before how usually a market will turn, turn in pieces. First, mm -hmm. a small bullish reversal, then a larger thing, right? So if I, I pull up the gold here, you can see the break above 1641.2 plus one tick per hour has brought in 334 ticks of strength, right? That was a break above an, an area down in here that we've broken above the line. And this is a couple contracts ago, so it's drawn a little bit differently. I'd initially gotten long on the open of this day and then closed that out and then got long above here. And then it's been riding up, riding up, riding up. And that's on a daily chart. And then you can see, you know, and then sometimes you have larger projections that are actually projected upward. Like here I said, the, sol the solid trade above 1679.5, put this above a major formation. We are projected upward $80 minimum. We've attained $297. 295.7 of that so far. And just to give you an idea of like specificity, the solid trade above 1679 at the time, I believe is probably around seven to $8 above that line with the risk about seven or $8 back below it. So, you know, uh, 14 to $16 worth of risk to looking to make 80. And then obviously went on for to 295. And what now, if I drop down a, a contract, or drop down a time frame, excuse me. This morning, okay, you can see this trend line I had up in here. So I was bullish, 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 bullish on everything. 
And then I wrote right here, I said the trade, the trade below 1931.8 plus two ticks per hour. Now, oh, I'm sorry, the trade above here warns of strength. Decent trade below 1966.5, starting at 5 a.m. Should bring in decent pressure. So that's 1966.5. And you can see right up here, 1966.5. As soon as we broke below there, you can just see you got hammered today. <laughs> so, and I still expect it's going to come off more. We've broken below some other formations. This is due for a good pullback anyway. Um, I think of a, of a more sizable nature. We haven't seen a, a real significant pullback since November 15th down into uh, November 23rd. So I think we're due for a deeper pullback until we see another run up. But that's kind of how you see the interplay. You see in the big picture, the daily picture, now your 60-minute picture, and that's how you just get more nimble about, you know, obviously overall bullish, 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 and then um, boom, you have a stop right hit below here and get a move like that to the downside of four grand a contract. Mm -hmm. So do you have any type of a projection going out let's say for the next month, the next quarter, how do you look at it going forward? And, and what's your analysis looking out like that? Well, in the gold, uh, I think that we're, I think in the next quarter, we're probably going to go up and take these highs out of, um, you know, 2078 an ounce to 2089.2 an ounce. And then there will be exhaustion levels to deal with up above but there's also a massive bullish formation just built in here. Mm -hmm. So if we get that solid penetration above there, I mean, this thing could really go up into uh, you know, 2,425 an ounce, could go even further all the way up into these areas up here. The only thing that would change that is, you know, if we break above, if we break above here, that, that formation, I don't, I don't have it drawn specifically right now, but if we broke mm -hmm. above there solidly and back down through it solidly, that would warn of an early termination to this, and then the whole thing would be a sale. Right. So with technical analysis, I mean, things can change day by day right. of big directions, depending on how they, how the market operates around some of these uh, particular areas. And, and when, you, when you said the next quarter, you were saying that's Q2 or Q3? I mean, in general, this is a weekly chart. I mean, it could take a couple quarters to get up here. I mean, it's let's see, this took about. I mean, you can see it in the next next three months, easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, each of these bars here stands for a week's range, right? Right. And so there's four weeks there, four weeks there, four weeks there. I mean, in one quarter. You're talking about a thirty thousand dollar seven hundred ninety, you know, per contract. You could easily get up in there, well within a quarter. Mm -hmm. And then currently, dropping down on a lower time frame again. You know, this is this is bearish coming into today. That was a big bearish day, obviously today as well. We have a a trend line right here. We've just about broken above enough. It's got to break below here a little bit more. And then uh, that's going to be projected probably down into the 188, 1,888 kind of area 
Now, if we break below that line and back above it decently, then I'll expect to run right back up towards the highs and for this thing to keep on going. Well, we'll see how it plays out for the next quarter here, but I know there's a lot of people that would uh, would would love to see those those new highs, Mike. Sure. I think we're going to see them. So and the others – go ahead. I'm just saying, you know, technically all the pistons are firing on a high time frame and a medium time frame for this to keep on going up higher. Mm -hmm. Right now it's bearish, but that's a different story. Right. So on the other side of that, on the more, you know, mainstream equity S&P front, let's say. Okay. We've seen, you know, lots of volatility, obviously, around the Fed's comments. So how how are you looking at how the S&P is moving right now? Okay. So the S&P, we got to, again, we're going to get go out a little bit here, okay? Let me get this S&P So just backing up on January 18th of 2022, the break below 46.29, more to decent pressure and negated the medium term bullish trend we were in since March 23rd of 2020. That was the break below this line right here. And then I said, we left a medium term bearish reversal above on 822.22. That brought in 676 points pressure. That was the move down into here. And then from there, I put those on hold, okay, because I warned of exhaustion at 35.31 to 35.04.75, which had the potential to trigger a bullish correction with the minimum target of 37.93. And we held that exhaustion level with the 35.02 low. So when we held this, I was looking for that minimum projection at 37.93. And you can see... Dropping down to a 60-minute chart. We held that right here with a 35.02 low. And then I had a projection to 37.93. We took that out. And then I had a higher time frame projection up to 41.90.5. We came just shy of that at 41.80. And then I said, if we held that, that this would likely roll over. Right here, I said, if 41.80 held high held, it would likely start a bearish correction exceeding 224 from the high. And we saw 391.5 of that. And that was put on hold because we started, I mean, there's been lots of different hedges in between, but most recently that was a move down into here. And we held just above this exhaustion level where I said we were probably going to start a whole new bull structure. And we started that in here. And then this morning, I think we just took out that that range. So the trade above 3851.94 warned of renewed strength. We've seen 312 of that. That was a break above this line and above this line. And then this morning, I said, uh, this is poised for higher trade, likely to test 4172 to 4180 and the higher time frame target of 4190.5 which we got up to 4207.50. So that hits my higher time frame target, but on a um, general basis, the character of this market is a corrective character, not a trending character in my opinion. 
So that means that I think in general, this is poised to resume higher trade. This could be the beginning of a, uh, this could be the middle stage, I would say, of a medium term bullish structure that could really, uh, this could really rally up for quite a bit. If this happens to come back off and take out some formations down below, like this, this upward sloping formation here, then that would change the picture. Interesting. Yeah, looking at this from a, a, a technical side paints a much different picture than let's say some of the more the more fundamental analysts that we we have on the show. So it's it's interesting to hear all of these different opinions and to try and see where they have weight and just to try and understand why they're they're doing what they are, right? Right. So of course one of the other the other markets that you're you're looking at and that has had also some relative strength as of late is Bitcoin. So can you show us a bit more of your your thinking on that as well? So the Bitcoin again we'll back up on the Bitcoin. This is a daily chart. You've got to understand where we've come from and where we are. I said the rollover on November 10th of 2021 put this into a bearish trend. I warned the sell-off should exceed 13,000 from the 69,355 area, and we saw 54,430 of that. That means that I maintained that bias all the way down to the lows without changing the overall bias. Mm -hmm. uh, then there were other obvious different projections on the way down. Uh, a significant one would be um, right here. I said the trade below 34,830 put this below a significant bearish formation that projected this downward. 13,000 minimum, 35,000 plus maximum. So some, and we attain 19,905 of that. So somebody might say, well, if it's projected 35,000 down from 34,830, how could that be? That would be negative. All right, it would be. Crude oil went negative $40 a barrel mm -hmm. two years ago and nobody ever thought it could. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, all that's on hold. And again, these are like place setters. So if somebody was to look at this analysis, they don't have to read all that. Those are just place setters for you to know that these biases are still there and haven't been negative. And then you drop down a time frame. And I've been bullish from multiple levels down in here, from this day right in here, and here, and here, and here, et cetera. And then they, you know, I just recap those. Uh, right here, let's see. So the trade back above 16275 has brought in 8,175 of strength. And there's other different formations that have projected them higher. Um, and right now we're kind of caught in between. We broke below the steep formation, but we've traveled up underneath it, traveled up underneath it. Even though we've made higher highs, sometimes traveling up underneath a steep formation, it'll eventually capitulate and roll over. Mm -hmm. A good example of that would be crude oil right here. We broke below this formation, we pulled up to it, we pulled up to it, we pulled up to it. Even though it's making higher highs, I was still bearish because of the breakdown. And then eventually mm -hmm. just comes off. So we'll have to see if that happens uh, in the Bitcoin. Hang on a second. And then we have a formation down below here. If it breaks below that, it's just a small formation, but projection down 1,500 a coin. Mm -hmm. We'd have to take that out first. 
So do you think we've we've seen the lows for this cycle of of Bitcoin? Do you think, Mike? It's uh, hard to say, but I would say yes. I think that we're probably building a base. Uh, the break above these, this general area in here, the 17,810 to uh, 18,420, that was pretty bullish. That, that put the brakes on the downside here. Um, it's hard to say that you're, it's hard to argue anymore that you're in a bearish trend because we've definitely taken out any semblance of trend. That usually means we're going to build a base. Mm -hmm. So we may consolidate, pull back, consolidate for a while here. We do take out uh, 25,270 to 25,350. That would be an additional sign of strength. Trade above this uh, 32,600 area to you know 32,855 area. That would be an, another sign of strength. So for those of you holding Bitcoin, I would say that the nervousness has been put on hold for a bit and uh, we're consolidating. And, uh, you know, this thing could gap open higher one day and leave a big bullish reversal below. And this thing would be off to the races again. Mm -hmm. But right now down here, we got a little lower volatility and it's building building its way back up. Yeah, of course, you know, hopefully anybody that's holding that, if, if they're holding Bitcoin, they're not necessarily worried about the day-to-day -day swing. And they they have it for for different reasons like that. If they're not holding it for a, for purely trading reasons, right? I'd say it's looking better. Um, you know, we might roll over from this area a bit here. If we get back above there, that's uh, another sign of strength. Especially if we get through all these areas up in here, that would really be really be the key. You know, the twenty eight eight hundred to thirty two eight fifty five area mm -hmm. that would take out. A lot of major wood up there. Right. Excellent, Michael. Well, I appreciate you sharing your analysis with us today. Tell us a little bit about how you how you have your, let's say your your packages structured on your your website. Um, you can go to moreanalytics.com. That's m o o r analytics.com, and um, there's different packages on there. You can get just the energies or just the crude. I mean, or just the uh, gold or a combination of the gold and the Bitcoin or the S&Ps and the energies. Um, you know, it's very specific, so it's usable. It takes a little bit of time to understand it, but if you're going to be trading and you're going to be trading on a little money, on a lot of money, it takes a you know, it, it, it makes sense to take a little bit of time to learn your craft and what you're doing. I've been doing this for 30 years, so I spend five and a half hours a day analyzing the market so I can put it into a succinct uh, way for you to use it. My goal is just twofold, save you time analyzing and help you drive new revenue streams. That's it. And uh, if it's not doing that, it's, it's not worth the paper it's written on. So absolutely. It's, it's obviously very dry, <laughs> right? It's just about numbers. I'm not talking about macroeconomics or, you know, any of that stuff. But the the reason why it's dry is this was born on the trading floor of the New York Mercantile Exchange. So literally, when you see um, this page right here, I didn't have the Brent and the gas oil on it back in the days of the NYMEX, but it used to just be this, this right here. And mm -hmm. traders would literally cut this out of this page and, and put it on the back of their trading pads, and they would tape it on the back of their trading pads before they went down into the trading pits. Mm -hmm. Because it has all these symbols here that these symbols 
summarize what's written up here in the upper paragraphs. So they would look at these symbols. And this is very useful too, because if you're rallying up and crude oil is holding a certain area at the same time as Arbob is and heating oil is, that can help you make a better decision. Say, hey, I got to sell it because all these are hitting these levels. Um, but it is very dry because traders in the pits, you know, they don't have time to sit there and read macroeconomics. They want to say, you know, where do I sell it? How much do I risk? How much can I hold on to it for? That's it. You know, there's only two ratios that are really important. How often am I right? And how much can you make on your winners versus your losers? That's it. So as long as those ratios work well together, I mean, I could be right 30% of the time, but if you're making 10X what you're losing, you're making money. Or I could be right 70% of the time, and if you're making whatever. So <laughs> now, fortunately, I'm right a lot, more, a lot more often than I'm wrong, but, uh, and you make more on your winners than you do your losers. But those are really what needs to come together. Absolutely. Well, Hopefully uh, our listeners can let us know if they if they like this analysis and if it was useful to them. And I look forward to to having you back in the future, Mike. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thank you very much, Tom, for having me on. I appreciate it. And thank you all of the, all of you that are listening and watching. And uh, hope to answer any other further questions you have. Just let me know. Excellent. Thanks for your time today, Mike. Thank you. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Guests on this show are not compensated for their appearance. Listeners are urged to educate themselves and make their own decisions. Do not base any investment decisions on the information contained. To view our full disclaimer, please visit our website.